Welcome to the November 4th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com Daily Podcast, where we cover the biggest stories in Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency every single day. This is your host, Space Marine. Jumping right into the market analysis, Bitcoin's seen a bit of a rally, actually. So, about a week ago, well, towards the beginning of the month, on November 1st, there was a drop before that on Halloween or so, I guess a Halloween crash, whatever you want to call it. Bitcoin was down to 6200 for a brief amount of time, but more around 6250 And it's slowly risen off of that. There's been some spurts and jumps, like earlier today, it was at 6350 and then it jumped all at once, a nice little candlestick, all the way to 6430 And right now it's at 6440 on Coinbase. On Bitfinex, it's almost at 6500 so that little bit of a price difference, less than 1%, now continues between... It's actually about 1%, so Bitfinex Bitcoins are 1% costlier than the Coinbase and Bitstamp Bitcoins. And the situation of Bitfinex has cooled down. We've been talking about this continuously since it started. Tether is trying to get at parity. It's still having some problems. Like It, it was at actually completely at parity, I think, earlier today, but now it's back to 99.4 cents on average. Probably 99 or 98 cents on Kraken. I didn't even look, but Kraken's always leading the way on the bottom end because when people try to redeem Tether, they go through Kraken. Aside from that, there is a, something going on in the crypto market. The market caps up to $212 billion. And this has actually been led by Bitcoin Cash, which we're not going to try to talk too much about, but there's a fork going on with Bitcoin Cash, and people are trying to buy up Bitcoin Cash because it's going to split into like three different versions of Bitcoin Cash. So whoever has Bitcoin Cash will get the three different versions. It's not a very good thing for a cryptocurrency to have a fork like that. So that's all I'm going to say about it. And But this has caused a jump in the other cryptocurrencies too, it seems like. I don't think there's any other reason for the jump today. Monero's up 5%, Cardano's up 6%, Ethereum's back to $210, Bitcoin's up a little bit too, it's up a percent or two. So overall the crypto space is doing a little healthier. They've actually gained about $10 billion of market cap in the past day or so. That's decent, we haven't seen that in a while. Now for our first story of the day. John McAfee is running for president of the United States of America. This would be a dream come true. Trump was kind of like the first reality star president, and McAfee's never been a reality star officially on TV or something, but he's totally a reality star for the crypto space. He's like crazy. Some of his videos from back in the day are really insane. Like he did something where he had like a a gallon of bath salts and like 10 ladies of the night surrounding him, and he was going crazy. That was before the crypto stuff started. Maybe that was around the time, actually. But yeah, so he, he releases really controversial and... At the same time, bold statements, and at the same time, he really likes crypto. He's not, like, joking around. He loves Bitcoin. So he's running for president on the Bitcoin platform. He said he's going to be campaigning for the Libertarian Party, so he's not even going to try the Republicans or Democrats. They'd probably, like, shut him out and not even let him talk. But he's going to be a candidate, probably, in the Libertarian Party. I think he will be allowed to be a candidate, because Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is very libertarian. And, yeah, so he's probably going to get a place to talk about it, and he's going to go on the debates... And talk about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. That's his whole model. He says he's absolutely certain no one's going to vote for him, so he's not concerned. I don't think he really wants to be president, but maybe he does. Maybe once he starts getting a taste of it, he'll want to be. And I think it would be amazing if he became president, and then Bitcoin might become like the national currency or something. Now for our next story. So Binance, I, I wrote an article about this like two months ago. Binance was launching Binance Uganda, which is like a fiat exchange that uses the Ugandan shilling UGX. And they've been having a sign-up period for like two months. And so 40,000 users signed up for Binance Uganda over the course of like a month or two. 
and now they're using it. It's launched. And I think some of the media is misinterpreting this. Like, oh, 40,000 people signed up in a week. Now nah, there was like an open period of registration for like a couple months and 40,000 people signed up. That's still impressive. So now there's a real crypto exchange in Uganda and Binance is totally into the fiat world now. So now there's a way to buy cryptocurrency with fiat via a Binance partner, at least. Now for our next story. So someone was using Coinbase and he was really successful. He basically took $5,000 of cryptocurrencies on Coinbase or something like that. And he grew it to $800,000. And then he lost a bunch of money. So he kept playing. He was like kind of winning the lottery. It was during that 2017 rally that continued in early 2018 where everyone was getting rich really easily. Like people that had no skills think they had skills. Like we talked about that flight attendant that invested, like he took out a loan in like the United Arab Emirates, I believe. And he put all of his money into it and then some, and then he lost everything. This college student's not like that. He was more successful. He put 5,000 in early. Actually, towards the end of 2017. That's what it says in the article. And then he made $880,000. But then he lost almost everything. Not almost everything. He still came off $125,000. However, Coinbase filed his taxes for him, which is really awful. And the way it works for cryptocurrencies, like you have to account for each crypto transaction in your taxes. So Coinbase like took his trades from like one cryptocurrency to another as like him selling it and getting profits from it. And now he owes $400,000 of taxes to the Internal Revenue Service. And he doesn't have that money. Remember, he only came out with 125000 So basically, he was extremely successful in trading during a time when the market was really, really crazy and successful. And now the IRS is asking for like four times the money he actually came out with. So that doesn't seem fair. And obviously, the tax code has to be updated. I hope the best for him. I think Coinbase should not be filing people's taxes for them. Like, you know, there's employers that pay people under the table technically, but then people are supposed to file their own taxes. That's the way it's supposed to be. If people should not have taxes filed for them, and then they're unless they're explicitly told that the taxes will be filed for them, maybe that's in the terms of service at Coinbase. I bet it is. So I guess people be careful when you're using centralized crypto exchanges in the United States, because if you make a bunch of money and then lose a bunch of money and come out with a decent amount of money, you might get a tax bill for like four times that apparently. So just be careful, because the tax laws are not really good yet in the United States. Now for our next story. So there was this video about LemonCoin, and I watched this earlier today and wrote an article about it that's out on Bitcoin News now. So there's this guy walking through the desert. He looks really thirsty, and he stumbles on a lemonade stand. And he goes up to the guy running the lemonade stand and says, I'm dying here, how much? Because he wants to buy a cup of lemonade. And the guy running the lemonade stand says, $1 worth of lemon coin, which is approximately 1,000 lemon coins. So the guy reaches into his wallet, takes out a dollar, and the guy at the lemonade stand gets really aggressive and says, no, I don't want this centralized currency in my face. I only take cryptocurrency. And he and he says, preferably lemon coin. The guy's like, I don't have lemon coin, and what, whatever it is. And the operator of the lemonade stand says, lemon coin is my utility token. It does not have a lot of utility yet. And then the video zooms out. It's like one lemonade stand in the middle of the desert. So it's like, who would buy lemon coin for one lemonade stand in the middle of the desert? And But then the guy keeps saying, but we are working on it. One day it might go to a dollar, and it goes like, with his hand. He, like, he shows like the moon rocket or whatever with his hand. And even though this is a parody video, there's a lot of truth to this. So there's a lot of blockchain platforms like dApps that make their own native cryptocurrency. And then they force their users to, like buy it so they could use it for the services or goods on the platform instead of just using bitcoin something mainstream or even cash they're like oh you got to use our utility token in this case it's lemon coin 
and it has no use besides on that platform for something that could probably be bought somewhere else with cash or like Bitcoin or something. So, yeah, like that's the real story going on here. And a lot of the DApps on Ethereum, like they have like practically no infrastructure and practically no users. We're going to go into that a little later in this uh, segment of the show. And then also another thing that blockchain platforms do, especially DApps on Ethereum that launch ICOs, they say, oh, yeah, if you buy it now at one cent, it's going to go to a dollar. Like they do that all the time. And that, that's becoming more illegal. But this video covered all of that in like a few seconds. And another point is, even though blockchain technology is awesome and has a lot of uses, it can't be applied for everything. Why would you integrate blockchain technology with a lemonade stand? This is like unnecessary. And that's happening on a larger scale in the space. Like there's people launching companies that are like blockchain branded and they use blockchain, but it's like not even necessary. There's no use for integrating blockchain into some things. So then the guy at the lemonade stand that's operating it says, okay, I also take Bitcoin or Dogecoin because the guy that's trying to buy the lemonade says, I don't have lemon coin. So this guy that's trying to buy lemonade happens to have a Shiba Inu, which is like the face of Dogecoin. So he tries passing his dog over the counter for a cup of lemonade because he's really thirsty walking through the desert. He needs lemonade more than he needs his pet. And the guy at the stand's like, no, you need 200 Doge. You can't just give me one Doge. <laughs> so then the guy's like desperate and says, okay, fine. How do I get lemon coin? Why is this so difficult? And the guy running the lemonade stand says... It's the future of business, a trustless system without third parties. So get so to get LemonCoin, I just need to create an account on this third party exchange. And then a guy in a like a bunch of furs. It looks like he's rich, but he's also very sketchy looking. He has like a Russian accent, and he says, like, "Oh, I need your bank information. I need your passport. I need your social security. I need your selfie with the date on it." And then the man trying to buy lemonade says, "I thought you said this was a trustless system." And this is a really good point. So a lot of blockchain technology is trustless and decentralized, but to buy the cryptocurrency, the way the regulations are now, you got to like give over all your personal info. So it's not trustless. If you're giving away all your personal information, and that's the law, you kind of have to nowadays. It's not trustless, and it's actually a lot harder than just using cash. You don't need personal information to get cash. Like, I guess you got to work for it, but like, let's say you're trying to buy cash or something. I mean, I guess there's no equivalent to this. But it's definitely an extra step. When people have cash, why would they want to give all their information to anyone to get a different form of money? So that's unfortunate, and it's totally in contrast with Satoshi Nakamoto's vision of an anonymous and trustless form of money, which is what Bitcoin's supposed to be. But the man trying to get lemonade surrenders. He's like, okay, breach my privacy. You know, He didn't say that, but he, he's desperate for a drink. It's obvious. And then the, the guy in the suit, or not the suit, the furs, the sketchy guy in the furs says... It's going to take three to five days to process your application, probably like a week, check back in a week. And meanwhile, this guy's in the middle of the desert, he has money in his pocket, he's looking at a cold drink, and there's a guy telling him, no, you can't even buy this for like a week. When he actually, he needs it now, but he can't buy it for a week. So he says, this is ridiculous, you're telling me if anyone wants to buy lemonade, they have to go through this process? And the operator says, this is the future of business, I already got a dozen customers. And then it zooms out, there's no one else around. This guy that's trying to buy lemonade is the only one there. It's highly improbable anyone would find this lemonade stand. I mean, all the guys saying, I already got a dozen customers, which is like nothing. And then, yeah, this solidifies the point. So Ethereum dApps are actually having a tremendous problem. And, like, they might have tens of millions of dollars of investment, sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars of investment. Almost all the dApps, practically all of them, besides some Ponzi schemes and maybe the biggest decentralized exchanges on Ethereum, they have less than a thousand users. Some of them have less than a hundred users. Like projects of a hundred million dollar market caps have less than a hundred users. So like it's crazy, and that's what's going on. So this lemonade stand that sells lemon coin to buy lemonade 
It's just like Ethereum dApps and also some other dApps built on other blockchains. And so, yeah, I suggest you go to BitcoinNews.com, find the article on LemonCoin and watch that video. It's quite interesting. I'm not saying crypto companies can't be good. There's plenty of crypto companies that are real technology that don't have the BS of like trying to buy a native token and trying to pump up its price. There's real companies out there, but this is going on with a lot of the companies that exist nowadays. Now for our final story of the day. So there's uh, something called the Lightning Bike. It's actually called the Lightning Payable E-Bike. So Matthias Steinig is a programmer who focuses on Bitcoin Lightning Network technology. And he basically integrated the Lightning Network for Bitcoin with an electric bicycle. And what you do simply, and I'm going to explain how it works, is you send one or two cents of Bitcoin, 250 Satoshis to be exact, for one minute of boost. So basically, if you're riding this bike, you could pedal it with your own human muscle power, or you could like scan your phone, send 250 Satoshis, which is one or two cents of Bitcoin, depending on the market. And then the bike's motor turns on and you just drive. So it's like a really easy way to basically send micropayments. That's the whole point of the Lightning Network is to send micropayments because Bitcoin, the fees aren't too bad right now. It's like 10 cents right now. Sometimes it goes up to a dollar in like really bad days, but that's rare. It's usually 10 cents. But let's say you have micropayments that are like one or two cents. And this is a good example of that. You could sell one or two cents of driving time with the Lightning Network on an electric bike. Because if you were to use the regular Bitcoin blockchain, which would work for this, it would work. But... It just, it would eat up more fees than the money you're paying. So if you're paying one or two cents in Bitcoin for a minute of riding time on an electric bicycle, you're going to end up paying like 10 or 20 cents of fees. It doesn't make any sense. So this is a good example of where the Lightning Network is useful. So this, uh, this bike uses a Raspberry Pi connected to a network card for the internet, and then it uses an e-paper display. The e-paper display is kind of slow, but there's only like a couple things you got to click. You got to click how much time you want, and then you got to scan your QR code, and that tells you you're ready to go. So that's all it does. So people bring their phones with them with some Bitcoin in their wallet. They can have a dollar of Bitcoin in their wallet and obviously get like probably over an hour of writing time. And the point of the e-paper display is it uses very little energy. And that's important because if someone really wants to ride the bike a long distance with the motor, you don't want something sucking the battery out. So they use like practically no energy display. And so Matthias Steinig made this technology open source on GitHub, and this allows anyone in the world to use this technology. So he's not trying to make a ton of money off it. He just put it out there and says, come on guys, use it. So maybe bike rental companies will use something like this. But beyond that, with some easy modifications, this technology that he developed could easily be slapped onto a vending machine for like coffee, soda, you know, ice cream, candy bars, potato chips, put on any vending machine you want, gumball machines, whatever, uh, super ball machines. So you can put this on any vending machine, send like 25 cents a Bitcoin or a dollar a Bitcoin with the Lightning Network instantly and securely and get the goods you bought. And beyond that, laundromats, I think this could solve the quarter problem with laundromats because like you have to put quarters into the laundry machine. So instead of putting quarters in, you could send like a dollar a Bitcoin with the Lightning Network or even probably the regular Bitcoin network depending on the traffic. And yeah, it'll work. So the problem of having to find quarters, going from store to store to find quarters, going from neighbor to neighbor, up people on the street to get quarters for your laundry. This technology developed for the Lightning Bike could solve that problem. That's all we have for you today on this November 4th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com Daily Podcast. Come back tomorrow for another exciting episode. And go to BitcoinNews.com 24-7 for the full spectrum of Bitcoin blockchain and cryptocurrency analysis. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out. Adios, amigos.